It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Osmo Early Bird Podcast. It's your old pal Emac coming to you with one Terry McBride as we get ready for Tuesday, August 18th. We are, I think this will be day 26 of MLB. It's been uh, going by rather rapidly. There's about 45 days left until we get into their version of the playoffs. We are in heading into day two of the NBA playoffs here and hockey. Uh, it continues along with their season-ending tournament, which has been a lot of fun. We've got content for all of the above and football content. So let me do two things right at the top here. One, if you're listening to this on YouTube, hit the thumbs up, hit that notification bell. You can subscribe because then that way you'll know when we go live and we are constantly going live. And two, if you like to listen to this on podcast, we have split out our podcast streams. So you can find them on any of your favorite podcasting platforms, uh, iTunes, Podbean, etc but you just look up awesome and then you'll find that we have the main one turned into basketball only and baseball will have one and football uh, will have one shortly etc so that's how you can get uh, our different channels now we were putting out so much content people had asked they said hey i only want to save five or six episodes you guys are chunking out more than five or six episodes in a day so please uh, please can you separate these so we did that for you all uh, then the other thing we have is fantasy football. Wait a second, season long and best ball. Now here's the deal for you guys. I'm going to pay you in a way. So if you sign up for Osmo's season long package, which covers best ball, the draft, and then uh, information throughout the season for your season long teams, waiver pickups, etc., it's $29.95. If you also sign up with your same email over there, at the FFPC where you can play season long and best ball fantasy contests. We will match those two emails and we'll make sure you get a $35 credit over there. So let me think, $29.95 and I'm gonna give you $35 plus all of that NFL content? I'm just saying, it's a good deal. If you have any questions, you can always email support or reach out on Twitter. All right, Terry, we've got uh, two slates. It's kind of an odd uh, setup here. We don't have any late games. There are one, two, three, four, eight o'clock games, but nothing afterwards. I was a little surprised by that, but there are um, some early games here. We've got three, uh, three o'clock and two four o'clocks. The six o'clock game is seemingly being skipped at the moment. It's going to be Frankie Montas and Luke Weaver. We're going to leave that out because nobody's posted all day slates yet. I don't know that anybody will. That's more of a weekend thing, but uh, let's jump on in here for our first one. It's in Houston. It's going to be close to 100. Decent chance that the uh, the roof will be closed there. But we've got the Rockies 
taking on the Astros. Zach Grinke coming in at 9,400 here on DK. It's a 5.3 implied run total, almost a 2-1 to one set of win odds going against Antonio Senzatella. It feels like forever since uh, the Astros have faced anybody that, that uh, was a right-hander. They got a bunch of Mariners lefties and then Kyle Freeland on Monday night. Take it away. Oh, and Jordan Alvarez, uh, MRI did not turn up anything conclusive. Still day today. Still day today. All right. That was one I didn't actually catch coming out of uh, live before lock and uh, not having any lineups to edit. So uh, he might be in a, well, he was in a bunch of my crunch lineups. I don't know if he's in my dead placeholders that may or may not be in the tournament. Thank you, FanDuel. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. But uh, yeah, I think the, uh, I think it might go right back to the Astros tomorrow, regardless of the handedness of the pitcher. Uh, Sensatel is not a guy that I have much respect for as a pitcher. 16.2% uh, strikeout rate for his career eight and a half walks, four, six, seven uh, career fifth. So just not a really strong pitcher. He's uh, 40th percentile in hard hit rate so far in the year, 61st in barrels. So he's missed a few barrels, not giving up entirely to the sweet spot, but uh, he's just a vulnerable, vulnerable pitcher. And we know up and down this lineup, I don't have the lineups for the early games in front of me, but I mean, there are just killer hitters up and down this lineup. We've got George Springer in there. We've got Bregman in there. Everybody knows Carlos Correa is a dude I mentioned all the time, makes killer contact against both sides of uh, both handed pitchers uh, Altuve hitting back toward the back end of the lineup. I mentioned in my column, I would love to see them drop them to ninth if they're going to do it so that we can use them as a, uh, as a wraparound on the back end. I don't like them as much hitting seventh or eighth as like a bottom of the uh, middle lineup stack. But as if he's down at the bottom or if he goes back to the top, I love working him in killer hitter since 2012. I mean, no worries about Jose Altuve, just a minor slump on the other side, Grinky. Kind of getting it done with smoke and mirrors. Uh, you know, he's been okay in his two, in his uh, most recent starts. He's still only working at 87 miles an hour. I think I mentioned it on the early bird the last time he went. Uh, 87 mile an hour fastball used to be where he threw his changeup. So he's completely eliminated his changeup from his arsenal. And he's just pumping those fastballs in at like 62, 63% usage now. But it's kind of working. He's, again, smoke and mirrors probably. But against the Rockies on the road, I think he's one of the better options on that short slate. You know, it's, it's actually funny. They kind of loaded all the pitching into for the day, except for two guys into these uh, early games. So I wish we had some of these on the main slate. Um, but on a short slate, I think I get to Grinky here. All right. We do have an all day slate over there on a sponsor of the podcast, our friends at Yahoo. Now it is not their main slate, but they are starting at three fifteen. So if you want to get in some of these pitching, work in some hitters in the late game, definitely doable but uh, pretty much everybody's going with the 705 main slate start here they do have the uh, no management fee contests posted over there on yahoo right now it's just 500 on uh, on tuesday so you'll definitely want to jump in that three dollar uh, entry again they don't take any management fees some sites call that rake uh, but you get a 1500 prize pool you can enter up to 10 in this contest and it will be uh, filling up probably close to the time that you guys hear this in the morning. Uh, they they kind of fill a little bit when they post and then overnight, not many people go on them. They also have some management fee free contests for basketball as well. So that's why they've downsized the baseball ones a little bit from what we had seen before, but their basketball ones are up. Uh, it's a thousand person contest, three, three bucks to get in, uh, 20 entry max. Oh, no, they changed it. That was on Monday. Uh, so today it's a 10 entry max for Tuesday. So you'll definitely want to consider that. So you got a lot of fun uh, going on over there on Yahoo. They do have late swap. And of course, now they have CSV upload and CSV edit. Um, looking killer tournaments. Yeah, they're, the it, 
it's not it's not bad at all. I've been I've been throwing in one or two lineups over there, uh, especially on the weekends when I do uh, uh, back office cheat sheets and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like to make a, a lineup just to kind of see where where it lands, and I'll usually go back and edit it. I try to play there mostly on Fridays, but I see this Friday you and I are going to be on up until lock, so they're adding yet another day for me. And man, you you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna end up stopping to uh, playing because you're gonna be on so many <laughs> of these shows up till lock. Seriously, I was going to try and make it work today too, and of course uh, we had our issues with our pals over at the, the blue site going down. So I, I didn't, but yeah, I, I might just end up quitting entirely and just doing an analysis. <laughs> oh, good times! All right, well let's uh, let's hit our other couple games here. We don't, I don't think we have a listed pitcher for San Diego. Oh, we do because it's going to be it. an opener. It's going to be Luis Perdomo, who is oh. only. Uh, let me see here. In his last outing, he went fifty-three pitches. Uh, he has pitched five times already. He has gone no more than 26 pitches in the other one. So he's probably, now he has previously been a starter. If we remember back, I think it was four years ago now, he was a Rule 5 draft pick that ended up on San Diego. And how Rule 5 draft picks work is they always have to be on the active 25-man roster. So when you have it with the pitcher, usually you'll have him as a reliever, but they were just kind of, you know, mailing it in that season. So they put him in the rotation and he has a heavy uh, ground ball uh, lie. And if you, uh, or lean, and if you guys um, remember fan vice back in the day, we had a lot of fun going with him because he was usually cheap. He has not stretched out for that kind of stuff on this short slate. I don't hate it. He's 5,400 on DK. We've got to play two of the six guys gives you a little bit more freedom. Uh, The guy coming in after him is going to be Luis Patino and he is probably going to go about the same. He'll probably go about 40 or 50 pitches. He's $4,000. So we have a little bit of option here just to, uh, again, get in some hitters and and see if that works. The roof should be closed in Texas, um, but that's who they're going against. On the other side, Mike Miner, pretty interesting at Uh, 8,300. His pitch count has decreased though, Terry. 98, 98, 83, just 76 in his last one against the Mariners. Um, let's see, looking at his numbers, nothing really indicates why it would have uh, been lower. Uh, four strikeouts, three walks in that outing, but nothing looks too too untoward. Uh, Rangers yeah, want, oh, here we go. They want to decrease his workload due to fatigue reasons. The move seems to have paid off. He has had his best start against Seattle after basically getting his ass kicked in two of his first three. So maybe that was intentional. So my point being is he'll probably have an opportunity to qualify for the win going against a lot of good righties though. So this is now where you're at the decision point of, is it Perdomo? Is it Patino? What am I doing here? What do you want to do with our second game? So uh, I think you're probably onto something with the Perdomo part of that first part with what you said uh, on DraftKings at an SP2, rolling the dice on him getting through a couple, you know, three, four clean innings and uh, with that limited pitch count and that opener roll, maybe striking out a couple guys, not giving up any runs. We know there's a ton of Ks in that Texas lineup. So I don't hate that. Uh, Minor, that's interesting that that's the reason uh, with Minor because they came into this season basically saying, yeah, we don't have a leash on any of our pitchers. We're going to let them fly. So it's interesting that he kind of came back and said, hey, guy's a little tired and I needed a break. Um, so I'm curious to see what that does to the pitch count here and, you know, how, how they use him going forward. He's a pitcher I like in general. Uh, he works around 90 miles an hour with a fastball. He's got an 85-mile-an-hour slider, a changeup, 40, uh, 40% whiff rate so far on the changeup. So, you know, very good pitch for him. Um, 21.7% strikeout career, 7% walk. Good pitcher, never 
big time standout guy. Uh, but I think he can get by against this lineup. There are definitely righties in this lineup that we worry about. A Manny Machado, uh, you got Tatis up at the top as a world beater against anybody. Um, even like Hosmer was, uh, was hitting well lefty lefty the other day. Uh, he hit a home run the other day and isn't a great lefty lefty bat, but he's also not completely inept, I guess is uh, what I'm trying to say there. So you lose Grisham out of that lineup if memory serves uh, lefty lefty, but I think minor can put up a decent start as a, as a DK starter here. Um, I don't have the FanDuel price in front of me. I think I like Grinky better than him uh, for FanDuel. Let me sure cut on. Uh, they, uh, I can't get in there. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just not able to access the site at all. So. Yeah, mine's been hit or miss, <laughs> but I don't really play over there. And there wasn't nearly the overlay. I think. Well, let me rephrase that. There were probably overlay in the form of dead lineups. It yeah. was not. The contests were mostly filling when I I was able to get in there, and then I was like, you know, I kind of feel like a jerk if I go play there and other people can't. <laughs> and it's not my site, so in any the event, last nice guy in DFS, everybody. Uh, we'll see, we'll see. Well, then everybody yells at me for being in the in the cheapy contest. It's like you're gonna see me there until I run, until I hit my million on DK. So get used to it. I got um, a bunch of our, dead lineups in the quarter myself on FanDuel right now. Oh yeah. Yeah, for the number of times I forget to set my lineups with all these sub slates and showdown slates, it probably evens out um, that I'm doing that. But uh, let me see here. I wanted to point out our our last pair of pitchers here. We have um, Dylan Bundy. So Dylan Bundy, since the beginning of 2018, has allowed the most home runs in all of Major League Baseball. Dylan Bundy has always been a decent strikeout pitcher. Dylan Bundy pitched in Camden Yards going against the AL East, and then they pitched in the other small parks of the AL East with the exception of Tropicana Field. He is now on the West Coast. He has a better pitching park, and oh my God, he's actually still getting strikeouts. He's been phenomenal so far, Terry. I was ready to play him in as my main pitcher, 50% of my lineups on Tuesday, probably um, on Monday. He got pushed back. He's now on this three-game slate. He's much cheaper, because uh, it's kind of not really his day to start. I'm all in on Dylan Bundy. And that's not something before I was like, target him, target him, target him. Nope. I want to take him as a pitcher. I just think these environments are that much better for him. And he gets a matchup with the giants. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, the guy who gave up the, all those home runs uh, back on the East coast is a different guy. This is a kid who he came into the league as just an apex starting pitching prospect. He is, he was one of the guys that people absolutely raved about. He was unfortunately stuck in Baltimore. Say what you will about the organization. Not a great spot. Had his issues. Um, he is turning into the kid that everybody expected him to be out here in, the, in California. Really limiting power, limiting quality contact. He's throwing his fastball a little bit less. He's got it down in like the mid-30 range, and he pumped up his slider usage. Getting 58% whiff on the slider, 34% on the changeup so far this year. So it's limited pitch counts, of course, but... He is really, really dealing so far this year. So, yeah, I, that's a smash spot for me. Against this Giants lineup, definitely, definitely want to hammer that spot. Uh, Cahill on the other side, sinker changeup curve mix. Giving up uh, some hard hit, not a lot of strikeout there. 17.6% strikeout guy for his career, close to 10% walk. Uh, he, he limits the hard hit for his career. He's only 1.01 uh, home run per nine for his career and was like a low 20 strikeout guy uh, for a couple years before these limited appearances we've seen. So there's a little bit in there, but it's not a spot that I like for him against this Angels team. I, I really don't think he's a pitcher I'm going to go to. I would go to very much even on the short slate here. I think I would target him with those Angels bats probably. 
Yeah, and that's and that's kind of where I'm as well. Uh, that's kind of why I've mentioned Perdomo because Cahill probably on a limited pitch count. Now he didn't break camp with the team, uh, but they at the back in uh, when they were first going to break camp, he was going to be like their their fifth starter or swing guy. They ended up not really needing him until now with uh, various other injuries. Uh, and the expanded roster so hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This will just be his second appearance. And I guess the rosters aren't that expanded because they're just at 28. They're down from 30 where they started. And, and in a couple more weeks, they're going to go to 26 where they're going to remain for the rest of the season. But he, he just doesn't have as high of a pitch count. Um, for those of you thinking revenge, yes, he did, in fact, play for the Angels last year. He should remember that. He's also pitched for nine other organizations at the major <laughs> league level. So, uh, but I think that was last year. He'll, he'll, he'll probably recall that. But yeah, he's not the same pitcher that had some moments there, his second go around with Oakland. And then in particular, when he was with San Diego, uh, San Diego which I think he probably overlapped there with that was Perdomo's first. But uh, in any event, yeah, he's not that, that good pitcher um, that, that we were looking at uh, once upon a time four years ago. So that's where we are with yeah, that. And things like revenge are tricky to chase in baseball anyway. It's not a spot I ever like to chase. You know, guys, you don't want to be chasing narratives like that. In basketball, where a guy can have the ball in his hands, dribble up court, not pass to any of his teammates and drive the lane and take a shot on his own 25 times, Russell Westbrook. Um, yeah, you can get away with stuff like revenge and say that, yeah, this guy's going to be motivated by this. You baseball to, as soon as the ball leaves the pitcher's hand he can't do anything about anything else so right you have really to cool. you have to say it differently i in the very beginning back when i was first doing content i used to say he's very familiar with the ballpark <laughs> if he had been there before now right. batter's eyes change throughout time and then remember there's been a lot of like back, back when i started doing content in 2012 depending on how far back you went there were a bunch of stadiums had gone through remodeling uh, sure. at those at those points and things had changed uh, somewhat and, and that that always happens so now uh, things have stabilized a little bit but each year like you know we talk about san francisco yeah. you know they've changed that there, there's tweaks that 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 come and go so you're not always sure just like with basketball too it's like oh he's 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 used to the shooting backtrack yeah you better check and see that he's still playing in the same arena that he was <laughs> when he was with that team eight years ago right so always shoots well at home always five different homes but always shoots well Yes, yes, but we're on now. We get to the deluxe option. You, we were worried there might not be pitching. We got a little bit of pitching. We got Blake Snell going against your New York Yankees. On the other side, you have Masahiro Tanaka, and this will be the second time Tanaka has faced Tampa Bay. He got them in Tropicana Field back on the seventh. Went five innings, uh, fifty-nine pitches. Had 20 fantasy points, but remember, 59 pitches. His next outing, he had 66. His first outing, he had 51. So he's priced at 7,900. Yes, he's definitely in play. Just know that this isn't the approaching 90 or 100 pitches uh, Tanaka. On the other side, you've got Blake Snell, who is still priced like he is going to throw 100 pitches. Uh, he has thrown 70 in his most recent start, 59, 53, and 46 prior to that. They're all strikes because he is still racking up the strikeouts and he's having good outings, but you know, he's not 
last time was the first time he qualified for the win, meaning he made it through the fifth inning. So um, he is also in play. I'm not doing cartwheels over it. He faced uh, the the Yankees on the seventh there, Terry. Had a good outing. Uh, but again, 75 pitches against the Yankees, even without two of their best, three of their best hitters, uh, that's still a tall price to pay. Yeah, it's it's a lot on DK at 95. We don't know the pitch count. And like you said, yeah, there are strikeouts in this Yankees lineup, but they've also got guys who work counts, fell off a lot of pitches. They, they tend to work pitchers a lot. Just it's a philosophy of how they hit on this team. Um, so I'd be concerned about Snell at that price on, on DK. We know the strikeouts are there and he's probably going to rack them up against this team. we got a bunch of guys in the mid twenties in strikeouts, even with judge and Stanton out of the lineup. So yeah, it's a tricky, tricky spot. I think I like it better at 84 on FanDuel. I think we can get away with it a little bit on the one pitcher site, getting a decent projection on him. Uh, I want to see where I'm coming in on the innings. I got to, manually tweak that i think because it probably should be a little higher than what i'm getting uh but ultimately yeah if he's pitching and if he's getting a good pitch count we know he's an ace i mean he's 91st in k rate so far this year 93rd percentile in whiff rate this year he's got a plus plus curveball plus plus slider with tons of whiff in both of them throws a 95 mile an hour heater 58 percent of the time uh, just a heavy heavy pitch so he's yielded some hard contact this year some quality contact he's only the eighth percentile in hard hit rate ninth percentile in I wrote hard hit for both of those. One of those is exit velocity. One is hard hit. They're the same number. <laughs> so he's given up a little bit of hard hit, uh, you know, quality contact. But that's something that's not habitual for him. So I think it's just a little blip that we're seeing. Um, if we could be assured of 90 pitches, I would love it at that price. 75 pitches, it makes me question a little bit, but I think we roll them out there. Tank, a little bit less so. Um, the same idea with the pitch count. If we could be sure he was getting 90, 100 pitches, I would like him a lot better than I do. Uh, only 7,800 on FanDuel, 79 on DK. So he's in play on both sites. Um, the Rays lineup, there's some strikeouts in there as well, similar to the Yankees in that there's a number of mid-range 20s type guys in, the, in strikeout rate, similar in that they can definitely do damage if you leave a pitch hanging. And that tends to be Tanaka's problem. He leaves one of those uh, splitters just doesn't get down enough, sits up in the zone, and guys just tattoo it. The ball gets obliterated when that happens. Um, so if you can avoid that, he's a very good pitcher. 23.1% uh, strikeout rate, only 4.9% walks, so very, very good control. Um, so good whiff on the slider. Uh, the splitter's been getting better swing and miss. Uh, or Sorry, it was getting better swing and miss uh, before 2018. The last two years, he's kind of struggled with it, and it's a big pitch for him. Uh, so he's given up too much contact on it, not getting the same swing and miss on it. So that's something to watch out for. But again, at that price, I think we can use it. All right. A new guy I was trying to look up here, and it made the computer work overtime as we head on to our next game. We've got Carlos Carrasco. He's not the new guy. You've got JT Brubaker. He kind of is the new guy. So three innings, or three innings, three years at Akron for college. Was drafted uh, in the sixth round of the 2015 draft he has 500, let's call it 515 minor league innings in that time. 7.6 strikeout rate. That's pretty pedestrian considering uh, most of his innings, let's see, were at double A or below. And then you have a low home run rate. 
but a mediocre walk rate. So not a ton there. He's reasonably good as a pitcher, meaning he's going to be a, you know, a number four guy, number five guy. Wouldn't surprise me if he's a guy that sticks around for four or five years in the majors, but he's not big. He's a righty. He's only six, four, 175 pounds. His fastball is in the, the low 90, very low nineties. And then he's got a slider that's uh, in the upper eighties. So uh, we'll see. Now they they wanted him more as a reliever. He did have a, a fastball that could top out at 95. He just doesn't have the consistency to throw it uh, um, where you'd want him to be to be a starter. So yeah. he'd be better off as a reliever. But he is is someone who's in here. I don't want to play him. I don't. I just don't feel comfortable. Um, he's 4700. So yeah, a five or ten percent guy. But he went 52 pitches, 43 and 28. And he's going against Cleveland. Hey, Cleveland uh, bats found their hats because they woke up. Serrano uh, hooked them up this weekend. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, hats that's, for uh... bats. Keep bats warm. <laughs> Gracias. You can't just enjoy. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, the Indian spot. I think is definitely the uh, the side of this thing to lean into. I'm not even getting a projection on Brubaker because uh, he's, I got a naming convention issue between Jonathan and JT that I got to deal with. Uh, just plugged him in for the first time. Um, just in poking around at him, yeah, I think he's going to be in that four to five innings range, if that. Uh, and, and if we see these Indians get to him, it'll definitely be a lot shorter than that. Uh, I, I did see that it was a, basically a two-pitch arsenal. Um, I was thinking that he was still throwing more in the 94 range with the fastball. So if that's even come down from there, that's even it makes it even less appealing. Um, yeah, I like he had a the, the blurb said he had he was the minor league pitcher of the year in 2018 for the Pirates, but he suffered some sort of I closed the article some sort of uh, uh, let's see forearm strain that okay. ended his season last year. It says his fastball predictably has been down a little bit uh, from when he was the minor league pitcher of the year, which okay. which he was good, but that was mostly in in you know double uh, A and some triple A. Yeah, he's trying yeah, and, out and a, cur- a curveball, but they said his his basically his other second pitch is a slider. Yeah, and with a guy with a two pitch mix like that, it makes a ton of sense that they initially were thinking bullpen for right now while he develops and becomes whatever he's going to be. Uh, the one thing I did think was interesting that curveball that you mentioned. He's only thrown seventeen of them this year, <laughs> but he's got a hundred percent whiff rate on it. Hey, everybody swung and missed every time. Someone nice. had a hundred percent hard hit rate. Laffy was saying on your show tonight too. So. <laughs> yeah, that was another good one. So again, very you know, only seventeen of them. You take it with a grain of salt, but uh, apparently throws it with a ton of spin. Uh, Twenty nine hundred thirty one RPM uh, on the spin rate. So it's a heavy spin. Keeps the ball down on a on a curveball. So uh, like to see that to pitch he's developing, I guess. But uh, yeah, definitely going to attack the Indian side of this thing. Uh, right. We love the infield around the horn that we talk about all the time. I like attaching Fran Mill to part of that in the outfield. Uh, Domingo Santana is another good out- option in the outfield who throws up some power and some speed. They're a little bit diminished. The lineup I have in front of me, I'm not sure if it's current. Uh, I have a, like a Tyler Naquin, Delano DeShields on the back end. I'm not sure who will be in it tomorrow. A little diminished there. You get some speed added to Shields. I know he played over the weekend at one point. He was in one of my stacks, and I wasn't happy about it. Didn't notice him going in, but he's all right. Uh, but I want to focus more on like the top seven hitters on that Indian side of things. Uh, Carrasco on the other side. A little bumpy the last time out, but it's really nice to see him pitching well. You know, coming back from leukemia last year, God, I mean, talk about something to come back from and pitch well. And, and you know, you hate to see what some of his teammates are doing with COVID and everything, given his situation. But he's been great. Uh, he's throwing uh, more change-ups this year. Uh, he's up to 27%. He was at 18%. And it seems to be working for him. 
Uh, he's given up a little bit of hard contact, uh, 12th percentile in uh, exit velo, 13th percentile in barrels, 45th in hard rate, hard hit rate. So he's hitting the wrong part of the bat and the ball's traveling, I guess, fast, but I don't really get how the exit velo and hard hit rate add up to one another. But uh, he's getting it done. He's getting by, and I like the spot for him against a weak Pirates lineup. A couple lefties to duck in there, but nobody we're really, really concerned about. Colin Moran is a good lefty. Gregory Polanco is a serviceable lefty, but I think Carrasco can put up a very nice score. All right. Uh, on the next one here, we've got Miami and the Mets. We've got David Peterson at 7,600. That is a very nice price point. He went 74 pitches in his last outing against Washington. Uh, this will be the second time he's faced Miami, but he went 84, 87, and 78 in those. That's a, a nice uh, price point. And then we've got Umberto Mejia here, whom I do not know that much about. He has just two innings on the season. Six strikeouts, though. Uh, let's see. He has – oh, that's why I don't know. He only has made one appearance. Uh, yeah. That was 10 days ago against – these Mets, he threw 67 pitches. Uh, it says he was, right after that, he was sent to the alternate training site. Um, and this little note uh, here on the DK thing said he skipped two levels to make his major league debut amidst the Marlins coronavirus outbreak. Looked good, striking out six while allowing one run. Um, so there we go. So I don't know how much he's going to pitch. 5,000 even, but... Looks like uh, we got a couple, uh, uh, at least uh, McNeil probably back. He pit, played on Monday, so I suspect he'll be back on Tuesday. Uh, Robbie Cano hit a home run. I guess hey. that's why they put him in the cleanup spot. I guess it is. <laughs> Shows me I shouldn't open my big mouth. Who's, ol who's older, Kyle Seeger or Robbie Cano? Cano. How old is Cano? 36? 37. Is he 37 now? <laughs> I looked that up because I was trying to. I couldn't think of another third baseman off the top of my head. So I should have said Joey Votto. He would have Votto by a year, but um, there we are. So what do you what do you it's like about how quick these guys age and how quick these careers go by? Isn't it? Oh, it's it it can be fleeting. Yeah, um, but Peter Peterson should be in in your plans. I'm assuming. Right? Yeah, yeah. I like the kid. I like the price. Uh, only 8K on Fanduel. I'm getting a very very good projection for him. Uh, 7,600 on DK. I like it even better over there. I think he could put up a nice strikeout game here. Uh, very high-end kid. He throws a nice 92-mile-an-hour uh, two-seamer sinker type pitch. Uh, generates a good amount of whiff with his uh, slider. Uh, also throws a change up in there. Through the minors, he was mid-20 strikeout guy, so I expect good strikeout numbers from him. And just this Marlins lineup, every now and again, they'll bust out for a decent game, but I do not have a fear of pitching pretty much anyone against them. Uh, a kid like this, I'll definitely put up there. Other side of it, I don't know very much about uh, Umberto either, but uh, the only other note I had, 93-mile-an-hour uh, fastball with a curveball slider change mix, and he was also a mid-20s uh, strikeout guy in the minors. So maybe there's something real in the strikeout numbers. I just don't know enough to say that anybody should roll him out there. 5K if you want to play with it a little bit, maybe. Uh, I have too much respect for this Mets lineup, I think, right now to, to really do that too much. Uh, 5,500 on FanDuel. I don't think we need the salary savings with the broken pricing anyway, and I don't even have a projection for this guy right now, so I don't think I'm going to be getting to him on the one-pitcher side at all. All right, next matchup, we have lefty Marco Gonzalez going against the Dodgers. This game is going to be at 4 o'clock Pacific, so keep that in mind. 
it is going to be warm and just going to be 100 degrees in LA. Um, do know that the heat makes a huge difference in Dodger Stadium. Uh, a lot of times the it's one of the more uh, dramatically, um, I say, it's not the marine layer. I can't remember what the weather pattern is called out there for, for this, but generally it gets cooler there at night once the sun goes down by, by Chavez Ravine, and it's a dramatic uh-huh. swing. So when you get those day games, it definitely is not the most pitching-friendly of parks. Right. However... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Mariners are in town. 3.7 implied run total here going against Tony Gonsolin. He will be one of the most popular uh, pitchers on the slate, especially on DK where he's 8,700. Marco Gonzalez on the other side. I really have no interest in him. Um, you know, he's a five to 10% guy just to get a little bit of variation. Hope he survives. Um, he's not a bad pitcher. He's just one of the many lefties that are, you know, indistinguishable for the Mariners. Yeah. Yeah. They seem to have a lot of just like this guy. I don't care what the name on the jersey is. It's just the same stuff. And, uh, yeah, he's another guy that throws around 88 miles an hour, uh, two-seamer sinker. Uh, he's throwing fewer change-ups this year. He was around 24% with his change. Now he's throwing 14%. It's been okay limiting hard contact, 73rd uh, percentile in exit below, 76th in hard hit rate so far this year. So doing an okay job, serviceable type job, like you said. 18.6% strikeout guy for his career. Not somebody who's going to really blow anybody away minor mix-in type play 6800 on DraftKings. yeah you can make it work but like you said between the dodgers lineup and the ballpark factors during a day game dicey to roll them out against this dodgers lineup 7500 on FanDuel. i don't really like it getting a pretty low projection on them so i don't think that's the spot for me DraftKings, i think yeah you can get away with like the five percent or the ten percenter gonsolin on the other side i definitely have some interest in um there's just nothing about this mariners lineup to really like uh, and i think he's a kid that can get a nice start up here. Uh, he's their sixth overall prospects. Uh, just 48.2 or 48 and two thirds major league innings so far. Uh, 20, 23.7% strikeout rate, 8.8% walk rate. Uh, he's throwing 44%, 95 uh, mile an hour four seamer, and 41% and 86 mile an hour change. So he's got a nice nine mile an hour differential between his two main pitches. Also mixes in a slider and a curveball with some good whiff on it. Uh, so, yeah, he's a high 20s, like 28, 29% strikeout rate type guy through his minor league career. Kid that I'm very interested in seeing, and uh, I think we can roll him out quite a bit here. 7,100 on FanDuel, I think is a great, great price. I like that at 8,700 on DraftKings. I love it at 71 on, on FanDuel. That's a spot we can definitely get to. All right, next game here, we've got Washington in Atlanta. We've got the Braves. They're going with opener. I stress this, opener, Josh Tomlin. Yes, he used to be a starter. However, he has already made eight appearances this season. He has not gone for more than an inning. And, uh, oh, I'm sorry. His first two, he went two and a third. He has gone in the, the let's see, five appearances since then. Seven, 17, 21, 14, and 30 pitches in his last outing. I suspect we'll see him around 30 pitches. That's probably worth an inning, but it's going to be against the best hitters on the Nationals. Coming in after him is going to be uh, Huskar 
You know, uh, he is also a reliever. They're calling him the probable bulk guy. I'm not buying into that. DraftKings just doesn't have another designation. He has gone 44 and 39 pitches in his two outings, one inning and two and a third. So I don't feel great about that one either. He is 5,600. Uh, on the other side, you've got Austin Voth. He's 8,300. I'm not really excited about this one either, even without um, uh, Ozzy Albies and uh, Acuna. I still don't really want to trust Austin Voth. The strikeouts are just not there. Yeah, I'm with you on both of those calls. I don't think there's uh, very much to see here on the pitching side on either of these. Uh, my reaction when I saw Tomlin listed there, I didn't even realize that he was being used as an opener was, oh, good, Josh Tomlin. So good for him. Um, just not a pitcher. There's, there's really anything to talk about. Um, he works at 87, 88 miles an hour. 85% uh, of his pitches are either an 88 mile an hour cutter or a curveball. Uh, and he adds the occasional four-seamer and uh, changeup. 1.65 uh, home run per nine for his career. 169 to lefties, 161 to righties. Grab that early Juan Soto home run. Thank me tomorrow. Um, that's really that's really all I, I have on Tomlin. I, I think, you know, Nats bats for sure here is a great spot. Uh, even once Tomlin comes out, you're getting to another mediocre guy in uh, Inoa. So, yeah, I, I love the spot for the Nats bats. Soto, Eaton Turner, I've talked about a bunch up top with Cabrera up there. Uh, Victor Robles is the wraparound down at the bottom. Uh, Carter Kaboom is a guy we don't talk about all that often, but I like the play. Only 2,200 at third base on FanDuel, uh, 3,300 at third base on DK. So I think we can get a nice game out of him. Sneaky little spot there. Uh, pitcher on the Nats side, is it Voth or is it Voth? Because I saw a thing from the Nationals announcing him with a really cheesy joke saying, cast your Voth. And I was it's, thinking it was Voth. Thank you. It is Voth. I, had... oh, I wasn't correcting you. I just wanted no, to know. No, but now that you say joke. that, I know that. No, I want to. I went to college. Hey, she was on the homecoming court. Ginger Voth spelled it the same way. <laughs> we were we were roommates one summer uh, in college. So, uh, you know, where everybody lives in the empty fraternities and whatever. And right. one floor is, is girls and one floor is guys. And yeah, she was uh, on the, I remember she was on the homecoming court. I forget if she was like on the crew team or basketball or something as well. But anyway, right. there you go. Well, she's not going to be pitching for the Nets. And uh, she's, she's not going to be listening to this podcast either. So. <laughs> And you never know. DFS is diverse. <laughs> I haven't um, thought of that name until I saw until I was reading that and then connected it with her. That, yeah. God, that was twenty years ago. Ah, a long it's time amazing ago. Amazing how the synapses just fire. There's something in your head just from years and decades ago. We know what that's like. Our listeners don't. They're not open. <laughs> not yet, anyway. <laughs> so yeah, do not stick uh, Austin Voth or Voth into your lineups. Uh, I don't really see it. Eighty three hundred on DraftKings. I can't really justify that. Um, not against this Braves lineup, even like you said, without Albies and Acuna. Uh, just really nothing to, to talk about there. Uh, even at 6,400 on FanDuel, again, don't need the savings, don't have a good projection, don't like it. All right. Now we have some question marks here. So Zach Eflin, over the last uh, two seasons, 129 pitch, or 129 innings, this is just all against lefties. So that's uh, facing 589 lefties. He has a 1.95 home run per nine that is ugly however however he seems to have either changed a little something or is getting a little bit better on that because if you look at his last season and a half it's much improved he has been getting a little bit lucky on the era but it's dramatically down from where it was uh, the first couple years of his career have you noticed any changes in his his strategy or approach um 
I'm, so, I may be catching you off guard with that one. A little bit, but that's fine. Uh, so he's, he's um, I wasn't looking necessarily for changes. I was looking a little bit at the repertoire and a little bit at just the differences that we're seeing. And it was kind of results. I didn't get a chance to dig into the changes as much. Uh, but yeah, this year he's uh, 96th percentile exit below, 89th percentile hard hit, 74th percentile in barrels, and 89th percentile in K rate, uh, which is the K rate is just completely ridiculous. That is not him. Uh, in 2019, in those categories, he was 61st percentile in exit below, 79th in hard hit. So he was reasonably good at limiting quality contact, 52nd percentile in barrels, dropping a little bit there, and then 16th percentile in strikeout rate. So the strikeouts we've seen are completely illusory. Um, I had noted the the home runs per nine for uh, lefty hitters as well. Uh, two to one uh, career home run per nine for lefty lefty hitters. So I was kind of leaning into that. I didn't catch that it had uh, come down that much over the last uh, year and a half or whatever. But that's interesting. So that's worth digging into for tomorrow, and maybe checking out like baseball savant, looking a little bit more into the pitch mix, seeing what he might be doing differently. So it looks like he's. And I hate how they're fan. I hate how everybody these secondary pitches they all classify them slightly differently. He is throwing the sinker 60% of the time. That's three times what he was throwing or has thrown in his career. He has almost entirely gone away from the fastball. Now, the problem is the sinker is essentially the fastball, <laughs> depending on how you're throwing it, etc. So it's not like it's, it's not a breaking pitch per se. Um, but I mean, I guess yeah, I, it's kind of a garbage pitch, but we've seen a lot of, of, uh, pitchers go to the sink their sinkers or sliders more so than the fastball and when they do it and they get real heavy with it uh meaning they're throwing it two-thirds of the time it catches batters off guard because they never get the fastball they're waiting for and they're always off balance till they figure it out and yeah. then you see these guys that had gone six or eight starts of just awesomeness get tattooed because now they're just waiting on that pitch yeah and when a guy, you know, maybe he, he's, I had noted the 58% usage with the pitch, but I had, I didn't have the differential. So it's interesting that he's doing it. It's basically three times as much. Um, and when a guy, maybe he's mastered it by now, but when we've got a guy who throws a pitch like that and he doesn't throw it perfectly against a team that does have pretty heavy uphill, uphill plane swingers like this one, like a JD Martinez, uh, Devers isn't really a big uphill plane swinger, but it's enough that these guys can get into that pitch and really, really tattoo it, really drive it. Um, so that's the kind of guy that you want against a fly ball hitting team. Red Sox here, I think we can probably get to this offense. Uh, I had noted it down more for like the lefty home run reason. Um, it discourages me a little bit with thinking about what he might do with ground balls, and that's probably where the home runs have gone over the last year and a half. But I think we're still targeting the Red Sox here. I like the projections. It explains the home run model a little bit. It's surprisingly low. Well, low-ish. Um, so I'm going to dig into this one a little bit more before I make a total decision on this. On the uh, other side, I think we can use some Phillies bats against Zach Godley, though. What do you think about Godley? I, I, I try not to. So <laughs> three home runs in his last outing, none the one before. Two home runs uh, in the one before that, none the one before that. He still has negative, or he's barely positive fantasy points on the year. He has two negative performances of his. We don't want to pitch him. This is no yeah, bueno. This... It's just not worth it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pitcher, I definitely want to attack with some of the Phillies' power. Uh, I love the uh, four or five hitters up at the top of this lineup. And then you get down, you can weaponize a Jay Bruce against a, a bad righty here. Um, so I think there's a lot of good stuff in this Phillies lineup, top to bottom. Jay Bruce only 2,700. Uh, Didi 2,900. Reese Hoskins, 2,900 on FanDuel. 
Andrew McCutcheon, 2400 on FanDuel. These prices are broken. Take advantage. How can... Yeah. Andrew McCutcheon. It it's shouldn't. a $2,000 it... difference between DK and, and FanDuel on him. I was just going to say, how old is he? I want to say he's 34. I think I was going to say 34 also. Uh, and still, he, just a guy who... He, yeah, he's, he's 33. Like, he turns in October. He turns 33. 33, so he's even younger than we thought. You just gained a year on him. Yeah. He's even younger. But, yeah, just a guy who rakes. I mean, he's 229 projected ISO for the season coming in, 117 projected WRC+. plus. Uh, so far this year, he doesn't you know have the greatest numbers, but very small sample size over 58 plate appearances. Nothing I'm sweating. So I think this is a guy we can absolutely get to. He lost a little bit last year because of uh, missing, you know, the second half of the year, but he was a 378 on base percentage leading off the top of this lineup. He was 20% above average in WRC plus last year uh, before going out at the end of July, 201 ISO. So he's a killer. So at that price, early and often. Next game, we have one pitcher we'll, t- we'll look to. Uh, that would be Nate Pearson. Somewhat interesting because he's going against Baltimore. However, Baltimore looking really frisky. They don't realize they're supposed to be bad. They're that young. They're just not sure yet. Uh, we'll, we'll, it may stabilize. It may change. It wouldn't shock any of us if it goes off the shelf. And, you know, but when you've got Anthony Santander throw two home runs off of, of Scherzer the other day, in righty righty. I mean, I think he's a good, talented kid, but I'm not expecting that at any point in time. All of a sudden, he's Mike Trout. But Nate Pearson, I'm willing to go with at 7,400 on DK, 65, 79, and 75 pitches in his three starts. His last one got knocked around a little bit. It was against Miami. Just things did not go his way. Seven runs, but he only allowed nine base runners. He only allowed one home run. It just wasn't his day. <laughs> they were hitting it where nobody was. And yeah. that, sometimes that's just going to happen. Prior to that, he, he held uh, Atlanta in check. And then he held Washington in check. Not great showings, but enough that I'm willing to take him against Baltimore. On the other side, Wade LeBlanc, who has gone in uh, his last seven innings, he has accumulated negative 7.8 fantasy points. <laughs> don't play Wade LeBlanc. Not easy to do. No. Yeah, don't don't play Wade LeBlanc. Not on either side. Not for any reason. Uh, same price on both sides, 5900 Pearson, I like uh, 7K on FanDuel. Uh, love that price tag on him. 7,400 on DraftKings, perfectly fine. I think we get a good strikeout game from him here. I am not fearing the Orioles. Uh, the Orioles are a, a tiny little bird, as far as I know, and they do not strike fear in my heart. Uh, I do like the pricing on them, and they're probably worth rolling out a few stacks uh, just to be, you know, just to have them. But it's not a spot that's going to drive me away from that pitcher at all. And I hope that it does drive some of the public away because I'll snatch up four shares of them. Um, I really like this pitcher. I think it's a good, good uh, opportunity for him. 96-mile-an-hour heater, 84-mile-an-hour uh, slider, so big-time differential in speed between that uh, wipeout slider and his fastball, generating 39.4% whiff on that uh, on the slider right now. So definitely can sit down a number of these hitters. We've got a bunch of guys in this lineup projected over 20% strikeout. Uh, Hanser Alberto uh, leading off, I guess, does a pretty good job limiting the strikeouts, but behind him, Pretty much everybody is well over 20%. And, uh, you get into the back end of the lineup, and there's some extreme strikeout numbers back there. So I think he puts up a very nice start for that money here. I like him a lot. All right. Next, we have contrasting pitchers. We have Luis Castillo, who definitely has strikeout upside. 
Uh, we haven't seen a ton of it yet, but it's coming. He's going against Kansas City here. He's got 96, 105, 92, and 91 pitches. Uh, reverse chronological order. He's 9,500. I'm totally fine with that. Price per pitch and quality per pitch is there. Yes, he has had just one double-digit strikeout uh, performance. However, in his 23 innings, he has 31 strikeouts. Don't get caught up in, in how many you know innings per outing. He's, he's, his stuff's there. Go ahead and, and, and roll him out there. On the other side, we have Brad Keller. So we're going to have a little fun with this one. Now, Keller somehow, I say somehow, has 20 or 19.9 uh, DK points and 26 DK points. He has not allowed a run yet. He has 10 strikeouts. That's a lot of strikeouts for him uh, it, yeah. through 11 innings. He literally does not allow power so i have the numbers this time i know i mentioned it before and i didn't have the 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 uh the numbers uh handy and now i am looking for why can't i find his name there he is all right so against his last 659 uh lefties that have faced him he has allowed 11 home runs that's 0.68 per nine innings he has an isolated power allowed of 0.107 that's like that's fantastic minuscule Against righties, almost as good, which we would expect, um, because he is he is a righty. Uh, against his last 675 righties, faced same 11 home runs. It's it's a .58 per nine, and he has a doing the math in my head, 109 uh, allowed isolated power. That's like just that's nothing. Outrageous. It's like is the ball actually leaving the infield? And the weird thing Seriously. is. His ground balls, like if you saw that, you would be like, oh God, he's got to be like 65% ground balls, right? Maybe even 70. There's no way you can have an isolated power because isolated power man it measures your extra bases and, and yada, mm -hmm. yada, yada. But, but he has a 54% ground ball rate against righties, which is, which is elite, but it's not what you would think for that kind of um, an isolated power. And then it's 50 against lefties. It's just fascinating. He's like the... It's Oh, who is the catcher? Not William Williams Astudio for uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the guy who never strikes out or walks. This is right. the pitching version of that. <laughs> You're right. I mean, my God, what a, what a pitcher he would be if he could figure out how to strike anybody out. Yeah. Maybe are, he has. Worldly numbers. Yeah, I mean, ten and eleven innings this year. Yeah, ten and yeah, eleven I, innings, Terry. This is this could, is this the breakthrough? Is this the Roy Hobbs moment here? <laughs> Look, hey, you never know. Could be. Um, probably not. <laughs> Last three seasons, three or I'm sorry, his three full seasons, uh, 316 innings pitch. We've seen a 4.61 exit from the guy. 17.1% strikeouts, 9.4% walks. So if he can figure out something with his, uh, his repertoire, which is basically a 93-mile-an-hour fastball, an 86-mile-an-hour slider, limited change-ups, Maybe, maybe he's getting something done where he's pumping up those strikeouts and becomes an absolute ace because, yeah, limiting the power, that's a phenomenal job that he's done here. So what it's really going to do is probably not walk me into any shares of Brad Keller or many shares of Brad Keller anyway, but it's probably going to limit my Reds ownership. Yeah. There's probably going to take the top off the upside for the Reds, and I can see it just right in front of me in my home run model with a team with you know some decent power. I don't have anybody over five in my home run model. And you have kind of a feel for how those numbers work at this point. That's that's pretty stark. That's pretty low. Um, so I don't know that I'm going to the Reds very much other than Louis Castillo on the Hill, who I really like on DK at 9,500. 
He's a little tougher to justify for me on FanDuel at 10-4. Uh, I love the pitcher. I think the strikeouts are there. I'm not worried at all about any of the you know blips early in the season. He's a, He was around 30% strikeouts last year. I think it's very, very real. I am not concerned about it. But for the money, I'm getting higher projections on a few other guys. Um, Carrasco, Darvish, Cease, all three are less money and higher projected for me. So I'm not sure how much Castillo I'll end up with. I have a little bit of respect for the Kansas City lineup. They're okay. Uh, they're, they're not world beaters by any means, but they can get to some pitchers. Uh, I don't think Castillo is going to be a victim here, but they have guys who can limit the strikeouts up top. Whit Merrifield and Nicky Lopez are both, you know, mid-teens strikeout guys. Michael Franco does a good job limiting the strikeouts, providing some pop. Alex Gordon is getting toward the 20% strikeout range. But you've got some good hitters in here. you got the, the power with Jorge Soler. So I don't love the price on FanDuel. On DK, I definitely think he's an absolute stud at that price, and you can roll him out and not worry about any of the stuff I just said about the last. All right, our next guy, uh, we'll let you talk about Dylan Cease, but we've got Tariq uh, Scooball here. He is making his Major League debut. He's going to go about 50 pitches. He was drafted in the 29th round after three years at Seattle University. I lived in Seattle and did not know Seattle University had a baseball team. I'm surprised, <laughs> not surprised. I think they're in the, the WAC, I think, or whatever version of the WAC is there that even exists anymore. I'm um, sure. <laughs> but he has a boatload of strikeouts. Now, he has not pitched above double A. He has 145 innings under his belt in the minors, a lot of it in rookie and low A, but he has a 13.2 K per nine rate. That's literally yep. impossible. <laughs> yeah, ton a ton of strikeouts. Uh, I had. He's let, going 50, was... 50 pitches, is what they say on the on the DK Blur period. It says he's not going to throw more than 50 pitches in his debut against the White Sox. Uh, last year, through nine double A starts, he had, uh, just skimming here, a 48% strikeout rate. That was the one I was just going to cite. I was just about to cite that. And then the, uh, before that, he was in same year, he was in high A at 30.3% uh, strikeout rate. Yeah. So he was at a ridiculous strikeout rate, and then they moved him up in class, and he said he's going to strike out more, more of these guys. So, so on this yeah, trajectory, he's going to strike out two out of every three three batters face tomorrow. So. <laughs> Size screwball, everybody. I do like how his name kind of sounds like screwball. Yeah. Um, lefty pitcher against these socks. Uh, you know, I, I, obviously we're not starting him. I don't think with that pitch count, not at sixty six hundred. Maybe if he was one of those guys sneaking in somehow, at like four K, even five on DK, you can jump. Justify it, but or if he I was facing so the Tigers, season. yeah. If he was facing the Tigers, we might <laughs> not right, the White yeah. Sox, so. not against this White Sox team, exactly. Could have stopped with that, I think. Uh, Cease on the other side of it, I do like. I'm getting a good projection on him. Lofty and I talked about him a little bit. He's a kid that we're both expecting a lot from. Has just wipeout stuff. Uh, excellent, excellent swing and miss rates on uh, on some of his stuff. So, really uh, high ceiling kind of a kid. Hasn't put it together yet from a control command perspective. But we've seen flashes, uh, and against this Tigers lineup, especially with no C.J. Crone anymore, I think we can see him put up a very nice start here. I'm getting a killer projection on him. He's only 8,200 on FanDuel, 8,500 on uh, DK. Like the price a lot. He's going to have to keep the ball under control. He's going to have to keep guys off base, not allow any opportunities, because if he makes that mistake, you want him to make it with nobody on base. That's when these starts get ugly for him, is when he's walked two guys and then he gives up the home. So if we can avoid that, I think we get a nice, nice start out of Dylan Cease here. 
I really like that game. Yep. All right, two games to go here. Reminder, no 9 o'clock games. This one is Kenta Maeda going for Minnesota against the Brew Crew. Uh, he's gone 85, 80, 83, and 84 pitches. You kind of know what you're going to get. Tough matchup for him. On the other side, you have Corbin Burns. Um, he was working, and you got to be careful with these notes and, and how they phrase it. It says, oh, he's only made three appearances out of the bullpen. He was coming in basically as the second half of a tandem with the lefty-righty thing with Brett Anderson. He's actually going to start this game. He is thrown uh, between six, 69 in his last outing, 77, 64, and 75 pitches. Strikeouts are key. The opener was helping him kind of get his rhythm because he, remember, he, he was, three years ago, he was an amazing reliever that just struck out like literally everybody, like the like the kid we were, like Tariq uh, Scooball that we were just kind of making fun of. But he's now trying to convert into uh, being a starter. Got his ass kicked his second and third time through the orders. That seems to be a little bit behind him, but he's going against the Twins. So based on the matchup and these two guys, I'm not doing cartwheels over them. Could either one have a 20 draft king point performance? Absolutely. Could either one give up three home runs? Actually, they probably could. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like the spot better for uh, Maeda on the twin side of things. Um, you know, He's a pitcher I do like generally. It's not a great projection for me against this Brewers team, so I don't think I'm going to be getting too much of them. But if I had to choose gun to my head between these two guys, it would be him. Um, 8800 I like it better on FanDuel. I do not like the price at 97 on DK. That's a tough price. I know there are strikeouts in this Brewers lineup, but there's also a lot of ability. Um, and getting Ryan Braun back the other day, you know, made it a deeper lineup. So, yeah, I don't love the spot for Maeda. Corbin Burns, uh, yeah, like we said, he, he's interesting, right? He's a guy who has – he is a guy who has five pitches, despite being a guy who's pitched mostly out of the bullpen. So it's a, it's a deep arsenal for him. Uh, he's got a 96-mile-an-hour four-seamer, a 94-mile-an-hour cutter, 88-mile-an-hour uh, change, and then he also throws a slider and a curveball. Uh, 94th percentile in curveball spin rate, 94th percentile in whiff, 99th percentile in fastball spin rate, which is interesting because that uh, creates a rising effect, gets a lot of swing and miss on the fastball usually uh, when we see guys do that. Uh, in the minors when he started, uh, and he did make some starts in the minors, he was around mid-20s strikeout percentage. Uh, through five starts in the in uh, the show in the big leagues, he's 28.3% uh, as a starter uh, and a 3.95 xFIP. So he's decent. You know, we know he can get it done. I don't really trust the spot. Uh, I'm not getting a good projection on him. 6,700 on FanDuel, 6,300 on DK. The Twins are the biggest thing that would push me off of that, uh, like you were getting at. I love this Twins lineup. I'm getting very good power projections for them. Uh, so that's what would keep me away from him, even as like a discounted play. I think it's a play you can make and maybe pick off a cheap strikeout game from him, but it's not something I trust. Yeah, and I was fired up for him in his last two uh, appearances. We knew he was going to be the guy coming in just because sneaky lower ownership. He was still priced around the same, but I was hoping for some strikeout upside, and I've uh, yeah. already clicked off it. I can't, he had adequate matchups that made it well. All right, last game of the night. One good pitcher, one, and we don't really have much of a book on him. Daniel Ponce de Leon, love the name, not really a fan of the game. Uh, gives up a lot of power to righties. However, such a small sample size in in the majors. Uh, he went 85 pitches in his his last appearance. I really don't want to tangle with the Cubbies. You Darvish, however, I'm willing to to look at 10,500. We're not getting a discount. Not paying a huge premium. Tiny bit of a premium, maybe when you consider that this one is in Chicago and there is a DH now, the Universal DH. 
but uh, he is going to be in line as one of the more popular pitchers on Tuesday. Round it out here. What do you like about Mr. Darvish? Yeah, all about Darvish in this spot. Um, it's interesting. I think him and Castillo kind of flip site to site because he's 10-5 on uh, DK, where uh, Castillo was 10-whatever-it-was on uh, FanDuel. On FanDuel, Darvish is only 99, so I like the price better there, obviously. Getting a very good projection on him. Uh, very, very good strikeout pitcher. Uh, he's throwing his cutter. Uh, he was throwing his cutter a lot more in 2019, and that's kind of what brought him back to life as a uh, as a top-end starter. And he's throwing it even more now in 2020. Uh, he's really, really leaning into the cutter. 87-mile-an-hour pitch, but he's throwing it 50% of the time and doing well with it. 28% um, of his uh, pitches are 95-mile-an-hour fastball. 11% uh, of his pitches is a 78-mile-an-hour curve, and he's got a plus slider. Uh, he's getting 30% whiff on most of his breaking stuff. So just a pitcher that I absolutely love to generate some strikeouts here. We've got a lot of strikeouts in this cards lineup. You've got Tyler O'Neill projected for over 30% uh, K rate on the season. Harrison Bader down the bottom of this lineup, same thing. A lot of guys in the mid-20s, even like a Matt Carpenter, who's a good hitter but still strikes out a lot. Paul DeYoung, if he's in the lineup, it looks like I have an old lineup in uh, this projected lineup because the cards never play. <laughs> I don't think DeYoung's back. Uh, but even oh, you know, Goldschmidt strikes out 25% of the time. Yeah, they haven't played in like two weeks. Yeah, I, well, I was going to get to that too. Baseball's a sport, I, I know I say don't lean in the narratives very much, but baseball's a sport that takes some time to ramp up, get your timing. And uh, Darvish has been pitching, and these cubbies have not been hit, or these uh, cards have not been hitting. So they did come back over the weekend, I think Saturday, Sunday. I forget if they played yeah, they, Friday. They played so they played it the last couple of days. But yeah, I don't expect these guys to really be up to speed. Their pricing is super cheap. If you wanted to get to the cards, you can play anybody with anybody. I mean, there's there are three hitters in this lineup over 3,000. Uh, Goldschmidt is 3,300. So, yeah, you can get to anybody you want, but it's not the spot for me against Darvish. On the other side, Ponce de Leon, uh, decent stuff. 93-mile-an-hour fastball. Also throws a cutter uh, curveball changeup. Not bad whiff rate, but uh, his 85 innings, you mentioned, small sample in the major league level. Nice strikeout rate, 25.8% strikeout, but walking almost 12% of hitters, which is just unsustainable. Way too much opportunity against a lineup like these Cubs. That's going to come back to bite you at some point. You cannot do that with this lineup. So I definitely like the Cubs stack here. I do not like uh, Ponce, regardless of price. Yep, and with regards, so they had an 18-day layoff. They played a doubleheader on Saturday, played on Sunday, had Monday. Uh, oh, they played Monday as well. That game was already over, so... Yeah, I think they're were they a doubleheader. Oh, there are doubleheader. Yeah, so yeah. so they've had the two doubleheaders. So doubleheader Saturday, one game Sunday, two doubleheaders on Monday. Um, so, so a reliably doubleheader oriented team for the foreseeable future. Yeah, which is weird. That's shaving a ton of innings off their total innings count for the season if you think about it, because all those games are going to be seven innings. Yeah, it really will. You can put in uh, as we wrap up Castillo and Darvish, and put in Luis Garcia, twenty three hundred. He should be in the lineup again because he just became the first major league baseball player born in the two thousands to hit a home run. <laughs> no way. There you go. That's cool. I feel real old now. <laughs> yes, yeah, seriously. All right. With that, gamers, good luck.